0: There is a war between fantasy and nightmare, which unlocks the unseen door behind consciousness. It takes only but a gesture to adjust and see the realm beyond. This is The Dark Verse. Hello, I'm Sharkchild, and this is The Dark Verse, a collection of my strange works with the sole purpose of sharing with you a unique world of horror and fantasy that will follow you to the visions of your sleep. Go to facebook.com slash sharkchild to become my fan. Go to sharkchildsremains.com to buy From the Passages of Revenants, The Dark Verse, Volume 1, Hardcover Book. Also, if you have time, give The Dark Verse a rating on iTunes. Alright, here we go. This is episode 60 of The Dark Verse, and it is entitled, The Stone House.
1: From the letter addressed to the strong, written by the hands of Tynus Perpinton. There is an immovable place at the edge of a far-off, isolated cliff. This is all I can divulge with regards to location. On the outside it is but an enormous rock, seizing space like a gorging wolf. But on the inside lies the madness of evil, both the spawning pool and deathbed of ever-cycling nefariousness. Time wears on the exterior of this boulder, but within, time is departed. I can say assertively, with no one else believing this other than myself, that this place is a home. But not I, or evil and its brood, can possibly bear the turmoil in passing on the name of the master that lives there. This place has been told of here and there in passing rumors, more incorrectly than correctly, For only I know of its real truth, and those tongues that have relinquished such woes have shriveled before blighted eyes. I would always say, better the tongue than the soul, but the sting of such a comment is as potent as a weapon. It is as such that I have not shared any of my knowledge of the stone house until that day that I have chosen to die. Thankfully, it is that day, and I may finally drive away the haunts stored in my mind and soul. As I further write about the house, I will, to the best of my ability, describe also the way in which my life is taken, for it will assuredly follow my words steadily. On a near-perfect spring day, I backpack through a lush forest of incredible sight, Sound and scent. Again, I can forego no further information regarding the whereabouts. A good friend and two charming ladies, who by some strange odds found good company with us, accompanied me. It was out of the corner of my friend's eye, some time into our trek, that he spotted a trail diverging from our own, although not one of cleared earth. This path could not be seen neither a step too far nor a step too soon. Only on an exact point in the small vicinity of the alignment of this conduit could the way be seen. And then, while in this line of sight, there could also be seen layers of entities inside the negative space of branches, leaves, and other obstructing objects of mass. With the full scope of depth, It looked as if an endless line of enslaved beings filled the trail. There was no feeling in our guts or other persuading mementos that led us to believe that we should deviate from our course and explore the mystery before us. But as all minds dream of things unknown, so we decided to chase the unimaginable. The hike was not easy. Steep climbs and hefty obstacles awaited us, but the procession of hidden slaves remained visible enough for us to discern. The deeper we trod into our adventure, the tighter the trees grew and the thicker the shrubbery spread. More than once, members of our party had to circle around impediments and be directed back onto the passage by those of us remaining within its façade. But as night drew near, and our foolish hunt continued, we were faced with an unpleasant decision. Finish what we began, or turn back. We had walked for many hours, and we knew the return would be of equal time, an amount in itself that would pit us against horrible darkness. So we made the decision to continue, in the hope that a suitable clearing would soon be found. To our disbelief, night came before we had reached any type of acceptable destination, and in the dark, even with lanterns, there was no successful manner of maintaining the direction of the trail. Fearing that we would be lost if we continued to wander, we stopped upon the pathway for the remainder of the evening. We huddled closely together between the trees as space allowed, maintaining our warmth as best as possible for there was no room to pitch our tents. As I sat there with my friends, in the chill, I recall feeling a sensation of urgency and panic. Whatever spirit there lay within me to give final warnings struggled in a battle that I could not fathom. For a time this battle ensued, but eventually there was stillness and I fell asleep. In the morning, after a small cold breakfast, we continued on our way. The entities hanging between the air were still there, and so the trail was still before us. An hour later, we scouted an end to the woods. We nearly lunged ourselves forward in a dive of excitement, but if we had, death would have greeted us. Not a pace beyond the clearing, the ground fell away revealing a massive precipice arching in both directions around us in a vase shape that formed an abnormal, unique pocket of protection, or haven, within a much larger cliff edge that extended beyond what was seen. Hidden in this pocket, at its center, was an outcrop of the cliff. On this outcrop, an immense piece of creation was firmly implanted. A massive, ovular rock. The rock had millions of grooves and ridges covering its entire surface that were not typical, and because of these incongruities, the shadows that were cast upon it fashioned unsettling and archaic designs. Note. My hand that is now writing these very words has begun to wither. Bone and flesh are slowly retracting, converging upon themselves up and inward. I cannot say that I am surprised. I knew something of such a vile magnitude would occur. I just did not know when or how. The pain is misery, but for now, I am still able to write. As can be imagined, my friends and I were amazed at our discovery. We knew we had stumbled upon something rare. Something confined from the world, secluded and coveted. My friend immediately took off his pack and ran to the rock to investigate. For a few moments, as he made his way to the back side, he vanished. He then came running back towards the rest of us from the opposite end of his entry. He declared with enthusiasm that there was a tunnel burrowed into the back. He was convinced that there was something valuable inside, and did not hesitate in grabbing his lantern, lighting it, and bringing it back with him to the opening. The rest of us followed. On the back side of the boulder, at ground level, was a tunnel wide enough to crawl through. My friend got onto his stomach and held the lantern as far as he could inside the tunnel. He let us know that he was unable to see anything, and that he was going to crawl inside. Without a compelling enough reason to stop him, although that would not have mattered, I allowed him to enter. As he crawled into the hole and made his way deeper inside, he continuously called back to us, keeping us updated on what he was witnessing. At first, there was nothing to tell of. The tunnel wrapped around the inside of the rock for many yards and spiraled inward. Because of this, I had to go in after him to continue making out his voice. When I was a significant distance within the rock myself, my friend finally encountered something. I knew this because his voice changed, and what he said was unlike him. My weakness overwhelms. He proclaimed down the curving tunnel into my ears. My weakness overwhelms. Note. Deterioration has nearly overtaken my whole hand, and I am sickened by its appearance. Nothing but stubs remain. I will have to continue riding with my other hand, however difficult that may be. There is a horrible evil upon me as I write this testament, and I pray that I will finish divulging it, so that I will be free of its burden. The pain is almost unbearable. My friend came crawling hurriedly back through the tunnel immediately following his bizarre words. I could hear him as he maneuvered in my direction. I then began to see what should have been the light of his lantern, although I quickly learned that it was not the source. When my friend came into view, he was on fire, from head to toe, enveloped in curling, blooming ribbons of orange. There was not enough room to turn around, so I could not outrun his frenzy. He came crashing into me and whispered to me with a calm voice, rotten flesh, Weakness overwhelms. The flames then began to burn me as well. I screamed at him to back away, but he would not and continued to press forcefully against me, pushing me backwards. With nothing left in my defense, I laid flat and let him crawl over me, burning me with each of his hands and legs before he vanished around the bend of the tunnel headed towards the exit. I rolled from left to right, and right to left, to extinguish any flames that might have ignited upon my own clothing, and then crawled backwards through the tunnel as quickly as I was able. When I had almost reached the outside, my friend came back in. He was still on fire, and now he had one of the women by her wrist dragging her in with him. The flesh upon his body was human no more, nor was it the flesh of death. I tried to keep him back, to kick him and hold him at bay, but his strength was too great. The woman screamed for help in an awful voice while her wrist burned horribly, but there was nothing I could do to free her. Having no desire to get tangled in the flames, I started to crawl ahead of them, moving as quickly as I could towards the center of the rock. Wickedness awaited me, but there was nowhere left to turn. I had to embrace it, or be dragged into it. I chose to embrace. Note, my other hand is now almost as equally useless. It has taken me too long to write. I am going to force the pen into my arm where my hand once was. I must complete this account. My face as well has started to wither. My sight is wavering, and breathing will soon be impossible. At the center of the rock, I encountered age, age older than time. I encountered knowledge, knowledge as acute as the equation of creation. I encountered life, life before death. I encountered death, death before life. There were all of these things, but only weakness was the true dweller of the stone house. All are slaves to weakness.
0: I can write no more. That concludes episode 60 of The Dark Verse. You can find all of the past episodes at thedarkverse.com or on iTunes. All stories on The Dark Verse are the sole property of Shark Child and cannot be used for distribution, publication, or monetary gain without my written consent. Sleep deeply and remember to love.